welcome. This is the Ag Engineering Podcast, where we talk tools, tips, and techniques to improve the sustainability of your farm. I am your host, Andy Chamberlain from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is supported by Northeast SARE, providing grants and education to advance innovation in sustainable agriculture. We're trying to improve the industry by chatting with farmers and getting their input on tools, tips, or techniques that have changed the way they farm for good. Many of these practices affect multiple areas of the farm. Whether it be environmentally, emotionally, physically, or financially, we share the knowledge to promote sustainable agriculture, lifestyle, and business. Thanks for having a listen. Now, let's get started. This episode comes to you from Starksboro, Vermont, where we're here at Footprint Farm. They've been farming a total of nine years and seven years on this property. They manage two and a half acres and additional quarter acre in high tunnels. They sell to farmers markets, CSAs, restaurants, and caterers, bringing in $150,000 to $170,000 in sales. Taylor and Jake Mandel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Um, if you could describe your farm in one sentence, wha- how would you describe yourself? We usually say that we are a diversified vegetable farm, growing veggies on an acre and a half with an acre in cover crops, and we do it year-round. Awesome. Thank you. Now, uh, you've been on a couple of episodes by now, and uh, um, so if this is your first episode tuning in, uh, you should go back and listen to the couple previous ones that we did with Taylor and Jake. But... We're going to ask a few kind of off-the-cuff questions. Tell me about a time when you felt really successful farming. This year. <laughs> this year, we um, everybody said year seven was going to be magical. And it didn't start that way. But we, <laughs> we, um, we split our field. We have two and a half acres. We split it into five equal half-acre blocks. And we grow on three of those blocks, and we rest two of them. And for the first time this year, we were growing on a block that had rested for two years. It had cover crops. It was bare fallowed. And it was amazing. We had lower pest pressure. We had really even growth. Um, We started calling it the fertile crescent because it just seemed like anything grew really well in there except beets. We still can't grow a beet for the life (laughs) of us. But... um, we it for the first time it felt like oh look we know how to grow vegetables, except yeah. not in the other blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I think it's uh, probably a good sign. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good g- growing plot. Specifically, yeah. the, kale the kale and the bunching broccoli mm-hmm. in that in those blocks were just like. Usually, we we grow four six. I think, well, three six field successions of kale over the course of the year and then one planting in the high tunnels for the winter. And our second succession was in one of those two blocks and we didn't need to plant. We wouldn't have needed to plant any other kale until in the high tunnels because mm-hmm. it just kept producing. It looked great. There was never had any issue with disease. We didn't cover it like we usually do. And the flea beetles weren't interested for some reason. So I, I just want to uh, touch base on that again. Uh, you, you said you felt really successful in farming at year seven. Is that because <laughs> you have 
all the experience leading up to knowing how to manage these couple of plots that did really well? Or is it the fact that this was a plot that was rested and cover cropped? I mean, what, what drove the success of those couple of couple of plots and what made you feel that way? We'll tell you next year. Oh. If, <laughs> if, if the blocks that got rested this year are as productive as this one, then it means that the time we put into the cover cropping and resting is working. If not, then it was a fluke. <laughs> and we'll just remember year seven as this magical time when things clicked. But I think really it's, I think people say year seven because you finally have all your infrastructure in place and you're just, you're tweaking rather than making right. huge changes in your production methods. Yeah. The first, we kind of like, people will ask how long have you been farming and we say seven years, but like the first three years are kind of a wash because yeah. there's just so much that you don't know about your property, about farming in general, that it's really nice to get to a point where you can hyper focus on issues that you had the previous year rather than like wholesale changes to your <laughs> business. Find, finding markets, yeah. putting up high tunnels. Exactly. Now that you finally have some of those right. in place. How much do we need to grow of this thing? like right who's who's gonna buy it why are we growing it <laughs> nice so to have success in farming don't be a beginning farmer for 10 years you gotta <laughs> by 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 seven to ten years you'll be feeling pretty good hopefully hopefully, hopefully. um let's let's flip that May, maybe bef prior to your seven tell me a little a time when you felt uh challenged farming could could be last week could be year two <laughs> so so many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, just thinking back to the spring. One of the times you were in a, in a puddle. Yeah. In a puddle. Yeah, <laughs> shut down. Yeah, yeah. My biggest puddle was, um, was, was feeling like I couldn't do anything. I felt like the farm ran me. And it was when Jake was out of town and we had this huge snowstorm, and we didn't have a tractor that could plow out our high tunnels, and we didn't have a snowblower, and we just it was so unprepared, and I was out there shoveling feet and feet of snow by myself, and it just felt so isolating, and I felt so alone, and just those moments of feeling like, what am I doing? I don't think you should put that in your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's too much to be more specific. No, I think you should no, because no, should. everyone has had those. That's true. Those moments. Talking about the hard to talk about. People things. have probably had those moments not farming too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, not, it's not specific to farming. That's, that's true. But I mean, it's yeah. a it's a similar feeling when you're on your on your hands and knees in the dry dirt, hand weeding for right. hours at a time. It's yep. very similar to you know, out in the hot sun is very similar to out there by yourself shoveling yeah. snow yeah. when you're out in the barren with nothing but your mind. Those yeah. moments when you're <laughs> just, you're thinking, I really should be doing something else right now, but I have to do this thing because it's a crisis that those crisis management, crisis management. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that Those times are hard. Those times are hard. I mean, I, f the first one that came to mind for me is the spring when we just got I mean, the spring extended into the summer, it felt like. And we basically our whole first planting of of everything. everything just sat and yellowed in the field and didn't put on any growth because it, the soil didn't warm up until maybe 
mid-June. So mm-hmm. usually our first planting date in the field is the beginning of May. And we planted, but nothing, <laughs> but nothing, nothing happened. But it turned a nice shade of purple. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were questioning whether or not we even knew how to, like, have we forgotten how to grow things? <laughs> What's going it, Another instance, if you listen back to the previous episode on habit farming, <laughs> where it was really nice to talk to other growers and realize other people were going through the same thing. And it wasn't that we like all of a sudden forgot how to amend <laughs> our field that, it, you know, yep. environmental. Yeah. This last season, a lot of, a lot of stuff was stunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until July came around and then, mm-hmm. yeah, and then accelerated like again. <laughs> At least in uh, in the Vermont agricultural side of things. Yeah. How have your own practices and decisions been influenced by podcasts or other or uh, listening from others? Hugely. Yeah, we listened to a lot of Farmer to Farmer in our first few years, especially before we had employees and we were out there alone doing tasks. Um, I feel like I know farms across the country because we listened to their Farmer to Farmer. Um, and we've, we've learned that we've, so many discussions have started by saying, so I was listening to a podcast Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. these people do this thing. What do you think about it? So a lot. Yeah. Or even just for like field conversation while we're on our hands and knees weeding, at least we're with a group of people. (laughs) (laughs) It, yeah, it helps. Now, now that you uh, you usually work with a couple of employees, has that cut down your podcast listening time, or, or is there does there get to a point where you all just put headphones in the afternoon and tune out? We don't. We we're a, we're a headphone free farm, so we don't listen to any podcast during the day. Sometimes, if we're doing deliveries, I'll I'll listen to one, or on a weekend where we're here on our own. Um, but these days, I'm more podcasts in the winter, or if I'm doing housework. Or seeding. Or seeding. Seeding in like I don't know. You're, I feel like I have to focus yeah. so much. I have to listen <laughs> to Harry Potter while I'm seeding. <laughs> and then also a lot of information has been gleaned from conferences and so learning from others in general. Not always in podcast form, but it'd yeah, be yeah. great if we could capture it all on podcasts so that way we can <laughs> listen to it whenever instead of going to, in addition to going to conferences. Bonus question, referencing back to a prior episode, uh, a question I had was, you said it takes you um, two to three hours to set up a caterpillar tunnel with a crew of four people. Do you need four people, or can the two of you do it by yourself? I think you need three. We need, you don't need three people until you're putting the plastic over it. Mm-hmm. I think once once you're skinning it, you four people is helpful just to like hold things down until you get it all tightened up. But yeah. setting up the bows, putting stakes in. You can happen. definitely do all that with two people. Yeah. 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 And but even four, the four hammers. We've done Pounding it. in those stakes mm. is better on the forearm yeah. than two. I would say we've definitely put them up with two people. Yeah. It's just a little more. You got to make sure it's a really calm day for mm-hmm. For skinning it, and uh, if, if if your farm where you're at the point where caterpillar tunnels make sense, um, does it make sense to have one or two tunnels and move them a couple times over a different bed of crops, or 
if you can, do you think it makes sense just to invest in three or four cat tunnels? It really depends on your system. I think if you're trying to grow through the summer in them, it, oh gosh, there's so many factors to that question, actually, the more I think about it, because <laughs> it depends how many people you have. Do you have time to take down a caterpillar tunnel in the busiest time of the season and reset it up? Or would it be easier just to set a bunch up and leave them? Do you have time to open and close seven? Or do you only have time to open and close two? Um, so it's it's a lot about time management. It's also... When do you need them? When do you need them? Are you growing what all you summer crops and you need four to cover that? And then in the fall, you don't really do as much. So you kind of scale back. Do you need exactly two worth of space in the summer and then in the fall you need to and so you can flip them over onto something else do you want to extend those summer crops deeper into the fall while still covering something to take it into the winter or are you doing something fancy like putting shade cloth over it in the summertime so that you can grow lettuces or um all goes back to what your goal is (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, Terribly confusing <laughs> answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, I think it's, it's kind of neat to loop back on an earlier episode. So if you want to learn more about cat tunnels and you're just tuning in now, go check out uh, an episode, uh, like three episodes back to learn more about cat tunnels. Anyways, Taylor and Jake, thank you for coming on the podcast. If farmers want to learn more about you and your farm, how's the best way for them to check you out? We have a website, www.footprintfarmvt.com. We're also on Instagram at Footprint Farm. Well, thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you listeners for tuning in and checking us out. I hope you uh, go ahead and subscribe and share this with a friend. Leave a comment if you will. And if you want more information, check out the show notes on our website, agengpodcast.com. That's A G. E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. And thanks for listening. I hope you have a great day. The proceeding has been a production of University of Vermont Extension. For more information on Extension, log on to www.uvm.edu slash extension.